the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. May his grace and his blessing be with us now and unto the age of all ages, amen. Brothers and sisters, today I greet you on the fourth Sunday of the blessed Coptic month of Tuba. And as you may remember from our previous homilies, this month of Tuba has a discernible theme. And the theme is the coming of the kingdom of God to the Gentiles. The coming of the kingdom of God to all of the people who were not the chosen people of God in the Old Testament, the Jews, but to the whole world. And this was God's will from the very beginning, that the kingdom of God might be manifested to the whole world and that all might come to know him and might be his children and might receive a share with him in his eternal kingdom. This is the theme that we celebrate or we commemorate this month of the Coptic uh, year. And today on the fourth Sunday of the month of Tuba, the church in her wisdom gave us almost the entire ninth chapter of the gospel according to St. John, which contains the story of our Lord healing a man who was blind from his birth. And as you may know, the same gospel reading is given to us by our mother, the church, on the sixth Sunday of the great fast. So in a month and a half or so, we're going to hear this gospel account once again. But with God's grace today, I would like to focus with you on the aspects of this gospel that relate to the theme of the month. First of all, we want to consider, brothers and sisters, that the man born blind in today's gospel reading is a symbol of you and me. This man is us. He is us. Have you ever stopped to consider why we call the man in today's gospel reading simply the man born blind? Obviously, we refer him as such because we do not know his name. His name was not given to us in the gospel. But then the next question, a reasonable question, is, well, why don't we know his name? Why didn't St. John, who wrote this gospel account, record the detail of this man's name in today's gospel reading? And the answer, brothers and sisters, is that St. John most likely willfully left out the man's name, just as he left out the name of the Samaritan woman, he left out the name of the paralytic man, he left out the name of many others whom our Lord Jesus Christ healed. Because those characters in the gospel, although they were real people who actually lived and interacted with our Savior, at the same time, those people, those characters, represent us. We are the man born blind. We are the paralytic. We are the Samaritan woman. The fact that these people are left unnamed in the Holy Gospel was not an oversight by the evangelists, but rather it was a deliberate action to teach us something important, that we are those characters. Every one of these stories in one way or another is a story about you and a story about me and every person. And so how is today's Gospel reading about us? How are we represented by the man born blind. Now, most of us here, thankfully, do not know from experience what it feels like to be blind. But we can imagine how this man must have felt. He saw only darkness from the time he was born. The world existed around him as only a distant sound, something that he could not picture or even imagine, because he had never seen anything in the world. 
And because he couldn't see the reality of the world around him, he had to invent a reality in his mind. He never saw a tree, but he had to imagine what a tree was. He had to imagine what a dog looked like. He had to imagine what the sun looked like when it was shining on one's face. He had to invent a reality around himself to make sense of his surroundings. But as long as he could not see, he could not appreciate the full reality of what was around him. He couldn't truly understand the world around him. Brothers and sisters, this description that I have just offered does not describe the man born blind only, but it oftentimes describes us. We oftentimes make ourselves blind, maybe not to the things in the world. We know what a tree looks like. We know what the sun looks like when it is shining on our faces. We know what a dog looks like. But at the same time, we are oftentimes blinded and insensitive to the reality around us. When we look at God, for example, we are oftentimes unable to know Him for who He is. We are unable to see His work in our lives. When we look at other people, for example, sometimes all we see is a homeless person. We don't see the face of Christ in this person. Sometimes when we see someone at church that we particularly don't like, we see an enemy. We don't see the face of one who has the image of God and one for whom God came and died to save him just as he came and died to save you. We are oftentimes blinded from these realities all around us. We oftentimes don't look deeply enough to see Christ, the image and the likeness of God in the people who are around us. And so as a result, we are oftentimes just as blind as the man in today's gospel. Maybe not physically, thank God, maybe not physically, but certainly many times spiritually, we are just as blind as the man in today's gospel reading in the sense that we struggle to see the reality around us. But today's gospel reading is a message of hope to each and every one of us because our Lord Jesus Christ opened this man's eyes not just once, but he opened his eyes twice. The first time Christ opened the man's eyes, it occurred, of course, when he anointed the man's eyes with ointment and asked him to wash in the pool of Shiloham. And the man who had been born blind was instantly healed of his physical blindness. But that wasn't enough. That wasn't enough. Because later on, our Lord then opened the man's eyes a second time when he told the man that he was the Christ. And the man accepted Christ. And once he accepted Christ, he saw the reality. And you see this development in how our Lord is opening the man's eyes a second time in the story. First, our Lord heals his physical eyes. And then people start asking the man, who opened your eyes? What happened? He says, I don't know. I have no idea. And then later on, he's asked again. He said, well, what do you say about this man? Well, he's a prophet. So he goes from, I don't know, to he's a prophet. And then finally, when the Pharisees say, this man is not from God, this man is a sinner, then the man born blind takes Christ, who he just said, I don't know. He said he must be a prophet. He takes him and he defends him to the Pharisees. He said, this man is not a sinner. 
God doesn't listen to sinners. If he, Christ, were not from God, he couldn't do what he just did. Therefore, he must be the Son of God. And then our Lord met him and said, Do you believe in the Son of God? And he said, I believe. And then, for a second time, the man's eyes were fully opened to the spiritual reality of who Christ is. Today, therefore, brothers and sisters, even though we have our physical sight, thank God, we have to be like the man born blind and seek to have our eyes opened spiritually. We must invite Christ to open our spiritual eyes just as he did the man born blind. It is only when Christ opens our spiritual eyes that we will see things the way they really are. We will see the world the way it really is. Today you can look at the world and say, the world has its problems, but maybe there are solutions politically. Maybe there are solutions in war, solutions in science and technology. But this is not the way the world is. The way the world is is that the devil is the prince of the world. And so long as we are far away from God, there will never be peace. There will never be reconciliation. There will never be a solution to any of our problems. And that is the problem of seeing the world in the wrong way. Because you might see, we need more politicians. We need different politicians. We need social justice. We need technology. We need this, this, and this. But so long as you think that this is your solution, and you seek after these things without being holy, without practicing holiness, without being a light in the world, you're going to be sorely disappointed. The world will not change, nor will you change. And in the end, if you focus only on these things, you will lose your salvation and you will end up accomplishing nothing lasting in this world. To have spiritual sight is to see the world the way it really is and to know what the world really needs. The world does not need more politicians. The world does not need different leadership. The world needs holiness. The world needs you to be a light, to shine, and to transform the world from within. This is what our Lord Jesus Christ helps us to see when we accept him and our eyes are opened spiritually. And if you notice in the gospel, for example, in the Sermon on the Mount, our Lord tells us, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see. They shall see God. So a condition of having our spiritual eyes open is that we have to be pure of heart. How to be pure of heart? It is to strive for holiness. You have to purify your heart. How do you purify your heart? You do that by being in communion with God. How are you in communion with God? It is by prayer. Sincere, true, regular prayer. How are you in communion with God? It is by attending the divine services. When the Holy Church opens her doors, we walk in. We're ready to worship. We don't come late. We don't miss services. We come and we're ready to worship because this is how we are in communion with God. If we could be pure in our hearts, brothers and sisters, we could know Christ truly and sincerely and our eyes would be open. St. Cyril of Alexandria, he offered a beautiful meditation in which he speaks as though he was the man born blind. And he says the following, 
I who was blind from birth and afflicted from the womb, having been anointed with clay, am healed, and I see. That is, I do not merely show you my eyes open, concealing the darkness in its depth, but I really see. From now on, I am able to look at things that formerly I could only hear about. Look, the bright light of the sun is shining around me. I, as well as others, shall acknowledge the great Creator. So here St. Cyril is speaking as though he's the man born blind, and he's saying, now I see, but not just I see physically, but now I really see. Because I really see, now I can give thanks to God. I can see the way things really are, and I can glorify Him and praise Him and worship Him. And if we are living a life that is not constantly praising God, thanking God, worshiping God, that means there's something wrong with our spiritual sight. That means something is wrong. If I'm always murmuring and I'm complaining, I never have enough, things are never good enough for me, I always want more, I want to be respected, I want pride, I want this, this, and this, and I constantly murmur and complain about these things, that means my spiritual sight is not working properly. Because if my spiritual sight were working properly, then I would realize I am a king. I am a prince because of what God has done for me. Even if I don't have as much as the next person, I have more than I deserve. This is what spiritual sight does. It helps to see things clearly. And when we see things clearly, we offer proper glorification and proper praise and worship to God. And this brings us to our next point, is, which is how can we invite Christ to come into our lives and to open our spiritual eyes? And maybe one lesson that we learn from today's gospel is we have to choose who in the story we are going to be like like the Pharisees, like the parents of the man who was born blind, or like the man who was born blind himself. Because if you look at all three of these characters in today's gospel, all of them encounter Christ one way or another, and they all respond to Christ differently. So the Pharisees, for example, they did not believe in Christ. And from the very beginning, they denied His divine power. After our Lord manifested this wonderful miracle, and healed the man born blind, his neighbors brought him to the Pharisees who questioned his healing, and they investigated the matter with much doubt and much skepticism. And ultimately, they rejected Christ completely. They said, no, he is a sinner. He broke the Sabbath. This is not a man from God. God forbid that this is how any of us responds to Christ. But there are people in the world today, sadly, who actively reject and doubt Christ in this way. But obviously, if we want Christ to open our spiritual eyes, we can't be like this. We can't be like the Pharisees and the people who actively reject Christ and His power. As opposed to the Pharisees, we have the man's parents, the parents of the man born blind. Now, if you look at them, they did not openly reject Christ. But at the same time, they did not openly accept Christ either. These parents were what we call lukewarm. You know what lukewarm is? It's when you have cold water and then you leave it out at room temperature for an hour. You come back. It's room temperature. It's lukewarm. 
It's not hot enough for something useful like tea. It's not cold enough for something useful like a refreshing drink. It's lukewarm. This is what the man's parents were like. They were lukewarm in their response to Christ. When they were questioned by the Pharisees about their son's healing, they refused to stand up for Christ. They weren't like their son. Their son said, no, he must be from God because no sinner can do what he did. But instead they said, he is of age, ask him, leave us alone. We don't want to risk getting in a wrong relationship with you. We know, Pharisees, that you are very powerful. We know that by one word, you can have a shunned in Jewish society. So please, you know, just go ask him, leave us alone. We don't want trouble. Now you might think that this response is not a very common response among Christians. But I'm sad to say, at least in my opinion, this is the most common response among Christians today. There are many Christians who respond like these parents in the sense that they are happy that Christ came. They're happy that we have the church. They're happy themselves to come to church every so often. But when it comes time to actually stand for Christ in society, they're not willing. I'm happy coming to church, but even when I go outside and I'm out in the world and I see someone who could benefit from a word of the gospel, no, 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 that's not me. I'm not brave enough to do that. I don't want to stand, I don't want to get in discussions. Maybe this person is going to be violent towards me or they're going to reject me. No, 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 leave me alone. Or maybe we are at work and someone asks us, you have to take part in something uh, like maybe an abortion like maybe a transition surgery, whatever it may be. And they'll say to you, if you don't do this, not only are you going to be fired, but we're going to report you and we're going to take away your license and we're going to take away all of your ability to earn money. No, 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 no. Leave us alone. I'll do whatever you ask. Just give me my license and the ability to, to get my salary. No, no, I'm not going to stand for Christ. In this way, we are just like the man's parents. I'm happy that Christ came. I'll come to church every so often myself, but ask me to take a stand. No, 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 no. Leave me alone. I don't want trouble. We are like the, man, the man's parents. And this is something that we need to work on, brothers and sisters. Many Christians do not take a stand outside of the church when they see something wrong. And to these people, I want to address the words of St. Justin Martyr, a second century apologist, and a martyr who said, whosoever is able to proclaim truth and does not proclaim it will be condemned by God. Our Lord said something similar in the gospel. He said, if you deny me before men, then my Father will deny you before the angels. We are called to take a stand, brothers and sisters, and there are so many opportunities to take a stand in today's society. How many people speak badly of God? How many people speak badly of the saints and of the church? You can imagine if someone insulted your mother, what would you do? You would defend your mother even to the point of fighting. You would say, no, do not say this about my mother. Well, what about your mother, the church? What about the one who made you? What about the Lord who came in his humility and redeemed you, and saved you, and continues to bless you, why is it with him you're not willing to take a stand? 
We must take a stand, brothers and sisters. And if there's any good that we can do in the world, we must do it. We also cannot forget the words of our Lord Jesus Christ in the book of Revelation when he addressed one of the churches, one of the seven churches that was lukewarm, like the man's parents. Not hot, not cold, but just lukewarm. He said to them, I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you could be either cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold or hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. That's the word from the Lord in the book of Revelation chapter 3. If we want Christ to open our eyes, we cannot be lukewarm. We cannot refuse taking a stand. We cannot stand for what is right, whether it is in the church or outside of the church. We must stand with God, brothers and sisters, in every circumstance. And it's a very simple, uh, uh, simple method that you can adopt to do this. In any situation, just ask yourself, what does God want from me? What does God want? I'm a Christian, I'm in this situation, whether it's at work or I'm outside and, and there's a homeless person who is in need or something is going on politically. Ask yourself, what does God want me to do? And if you don't know, if you're not clear, you can always come to the church. You can always come to your priest and we read the scripture and we try to understand what God is commanding us to do. And then once you know what God wants you to do, be brave, be courageous enough to do it, even if there are consequences. In today's Synexarion, and almost every day in the Synexarion, we read about one or the other martyr who was called to a similar situation. The emperor is telling you to worship the Roman idols, the idols that are made by men's hands, the idols of stone and gold and precious jewels. Worship these idols. Give incense to them. Take away the proper worship from the one true God and give it to the idols. And these Christians, if they were like the man's parents, they would say, oh, oh, sure, just leave me alone. I don't want trouble. That's what they would have said. But they didn't say that. They said, I am not going to give up my faith in the Lord Christ. And they were tortured. They still didn't give up their faith. And finally, they were beheaded. And look, 2,000 years later, we still remember them. 2,000 years later, we still speak about their stories. We still ask for their prayers. 2,000 years later, their memory is alive because they are alive in, the, in paradise. And they will be in the kingdom of heaven with all those who stand firm and stand up for the truth inside the church and outside the church as well. So if we want the Lord to open our spiritual eyes, we must respond to Him the way the blind man responded to him in today's gospel reading. And if we could summarize the blind man's response, it would be only three words. Boldness, obedience, and faith. He was bold, he was obedient, and he was faithful. When our Lord approached him and anointed his eyes with mud and told him, go and wash in the pool of Shiloham, he, the man didn't question Christ. He wasn't like the Pharisees. He didn't question, what is this? Why are you spitting on the ground and putting this in my eye? Leave me alone. No. He was obedient. He accepted what Christ did for him. And later on, when he was questioned by the Pharisees, he didn't respond with the same fear and lukewarmness that his parents responded to the Pharisees with. You might have expected him to be like his parents because, after all, he was their son. But instead, he was better than his parents. 
he didn't have any fear whatsoever. Instead, we find a boldness that comes only through faith in Christ. St. John Chrysostomus, in his commentary on this reading, he offers a nice meditation about this. He says, Do you see how boldly the beggar speaks with the scribes and Pharisees? It shows how strong truth is and how weak falsehood is. Truth, though it grasps only ordinary people, makes them appear glorious. Falsehood, even when it is among the strong, shows them to be weak. So St. John is remarking on the fact that this man who was born blind, obviously he didn't work. So what was he? He was a beggar. He was someone that everyone knew and maybe he got scraps of food and people donated things to him. But once he had the truth of Christ, he was able to put to shame the Pharisees who were the most powerful group in Jewish society at the time. Because he had the truth, he was strong. And the Pharisees, because they embraced falsehood, even though they were strong in worldly terms, they were weak because they embraced falsehood. And so, brothers and sisters, truth makes us strong. And this boldness and this faith and obedience is exactly the response that we must have in order to receive our spiritual sight from Christ. And practically speaking, this means developing a relationship with God, as we said, through constant, sincere, and regular prayer, submitting ourselves to the will of God in every circumstance and situation, trusting Him with all of our hearts, even when He is leading us in an uncomfortable path, um, knowing that whatever the outcome may be, it is going to be for our salvation and for our good. And so today, brothers and sisters, we confronted the fact that perhaps many times in our lives we are blind, maybe not physically, but spiritually. We are hopeful that Christ is able to open our eyes so that we can receive the light and illumination from Him. But we have to decide how are we going to respond we can't be like the Pharisees who rejected Christ. We can't be like the parents who were lukewarm towards Christ. But we have to be like the man himself who stood up for what is right, who embraced the truth, who was bold, who was faithful, who was obedient. And as a result, he received illumination from Christ. May God grant us to be like the man born blind today who represents all of us so that we can be illumined and see the Lord for who He is. And glory be to God forever. Amen.